0: As I'm passing through, he starts to inch out, so I slam on my brakes, and he just crashed into the side of my car. And it was like an out-of-body experience. I remember saying, what's the lesson?
1: Hey guys, welcome to our SoFam podcast where I interview space holders from all over the world. I am your host. My name is Carolina, and I am the connection catalyst. Today on the show, we have Sam Kabert, the serial entrepreneur turned spiritual seeker. Welcome to the show, Sam. How are you doing?
0: Thanks so much, Carolina. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm doing fantastic. Um, everything's great in my world. So I appreciate the opportunity to be here.
1: That's awesome. Everything is great in my world as well. So I guess we're going to bring amazing energy into this podcast today. And of course, the first question I want to ask you is, first of all, what does a serial entrepreneur mean to you and how did you turn to a spiritual seeker? I'm super, super curious about your story because this just sounds amazing.
0: Yeah, thanks so much. Um, so I, we're all creators, right? We're all the creators split off in separation, <laughs> that whole thing, of course. And art is so big. A lot of people have an expression through art. And my whole entire life, I never really had an expression, whether it be through art or sports or anything. Um, but business became my thing. And it wasn't really... It just happened. It just happened. I started my first business in college. And then since then, I've had a few different businesses and, you know, I could get into the legal stuff. A lot of them share kind of um, the same DBAs or LLCs, stuff like that, but it's different offerings more than like starting a lot of businesses. It's been a lot of brands and I'll just unpack that a little bit. So my main business that i've been doing since college is called now called Swagworks. um and we do swag branded merchandise in addition to that i started a media agency back in 2017 that was what up silicon valley and it was originally a podcast called what up silicon valley but then we rebranded to media network and we had five other podcasts five total podcasts i should say on the network we did monthly mixers an annual event at eBay's headquarters called pitch tank. It was like a shark tank inspired event. Uh, from there, I got into a food show on YouTube called eat up Silicon Valley. And then through sitting with ayahuasca in 2019, I really, you know, we could go into that. Um, but I won't right now in terms of like the depression and all that. And, um, just feeling the call to sit with the medicine after that, I started a podcast and subsequently a business called Clone Yourself, and that's a business that teaches entrepreneurs how to scale by building out virtual assistant teams. From there, Clone Yourself launched uh, another subsidiary underneath it called Wizard Teams, which is a done-for-you agency where instead of teaching entrepreneurs how to scale their business we actually just do it for them so they tell us what they want done i have a podcast called soul seeker Uh, so that's just kind of like a a brief brief overview of the business stuff and then didn't really dive into the spiritual stuff other than just saying i sat with ayahuasca in 2019 and i was like show me everything so yeah that's uh (laughs) kind of what i've been up to
1: Oh my god, you said to ayahuasca, show me everything. I'm super curious to know what it has shown to you because I know that it can take you to all these different parts of the universe and you might see a lot. So I'm, I'm, I would be super glad if you are happy to share anything from your journey with ayahuasca. And was it the first time that you sat with this medicine at, in 2019?
0: Yeah, 2019 was the first time. Um, Since then, I've had seven ceremonies. uh, So five more after that. But yeah, rather than like really seeing everything in ayahuasca per se, it was more like, show me everything in terms of my research and my interests and everything else. Like I put blinders on it for my integration. And I just wanted to learn more about spirituality, specifically the human origin story, which started with a show by Greg Braden on Gaia called Missing Links, which is absolutely epic. From there, I went down so many different rabbit holes and so many different things that really fascinate. Some of the highlights are... The concept of soul contracts, like that's something that has been just incredible for me that I I just totally resonate. And like I mentioned, human origin story with that extraterrestrial interest and activity, things like that. But yeah, so I spent nearly three years, it will be three years next month at the time of this recording, um, really going deep. And probably if I'm being honest, maybe not nearly three years, it was probably closer to two and a half because the past few months has been a season of bringing the quote unquote metaphorical medicine back to the people and Joseph Campbell's hero's journey model, like really, I felt... That in July of 2019 is when I started to realize, oh man, I'm on the 12th and final step of this this cycle of doing this deep dive of spirituality. And it wasn't anything that you know I really set out to do. It was just connecting with my own intuition and whatnot. And through that, I finished my book called Soul Life Balance. The subtitle is a guide to igniting and integrating spiritual awakening. So it's been kind of an interesting journey to have gone, like, very much with blinders on in terms of the relationships that I engage in, the content I engage in, everything like just was spiritual to now kind of immersing myself back into like normal 3D type conversations. It's been, it's been pretty interesting to be honest. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I can I can really imagine that. And this is such a, a beautiful thing to do, to um, set such an intention with ayahuasca. I think I haven't done it yet, but I know I've done uh, some other uh, like uh, similar substances um, and I can imagine what it could be. But it's such a beautiful intention that you set with. And uh, so you mentioned that you were... Um, struggling with depression before that or because you mentioned the word depression so did it help you like Mm -hmm. get over it did it help you restructure your life
0: yeah absolutely you know for me it was this numbing depression where i would uh pretty much be up all night and this went on for like a month and when i did get out of bed in the morning and it was more like getting out of bed than really waking up I had this weird energy that I it's hard for me to go back and really describe what it was like, but it wasn't like energized, like, Ooh, let's go. I'm all ready to go, but it wasn't tired. It was just like this, uh, just weird energy that I was alert and everything was going on. Yeah. I should have been sleep deprived. Um, I wasn't eating either. And, Everything just felt like it was passing by. And this was in 2019, probably like February, March. And about nine years before that, give or take, maybe a little bit longer before that, one of my friends in college had hung himself in his bedroom while we were in the living room. And he was on life support for a week or so until they pulled the plug. But that was really the only other time I'd experienced that like really numbing type depression. And it came back in 2019 as a result of a breakup with this girl that I'd been seeing for almost four years on and off, very toxic relationship. We would be together one second, then off the next. And then this time it was done. So It was just weird that I was done, and I, yeah, I didn't handle it the best, and ayahuasca found me. I had heard of ayahuasca almost a year previously, but I didn't feel the call, per se, to sit with the medicine, but at this point, I was like, just anything, and through that first night of ayahuasca, it was was just so much... Unicity, self-love, you know, time doesn't exist, all the types of things that come up. And it was extremely impactful. From there, I changed my entire life. And what I realized in hindsight was it was never about the relationship, the breakup or any of that that was causing the depression. That was just the catalyst that needed to happen soul contracts right for me to get to the point to evaluate my life and really be like wow i've been living a life that wasn't on wasn't intentional it wasn't a lifestyle that i really wanted to live it was a life that I thought I was supposed to do and chasing external success for internal validation. So from there, I totally uprooted my entire life. I, Like I mentioned, I started a new podcast called Soul Seeker about spirituality, started a new business to help people. I moved to the beach and I, I don't wanna say I left relationships, but like a lot of my friends didn't understand in my family. I only had one person, my meditation teacher that I could turn to that was anything close to spiritual. So it was a very lonely path at first. Um, Yeah, that's kind of like the overview
1: yeah I feel yeah I had a pretty lonely path at the beginning as well because I only knew one person the one who introduced me to spirituality and all my friends and family they're like they thought I'm crazy <laughs> at the beginning and now of course they are all into it too um, and the ones that were not just are not that close to me anymore but yeah I, I can feel yeah completely it's quite a challenge when you're just on your own and you still haven't really attracted people that can understand you on this level and so yeah I, I really can relate to that so what can you tell us about about the soul contracts. What kind of insights uh, did you get? And maybe for the people who don't know what it is, uh, can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, I think um, a good way to think about soul contracts is for most people have seen the movie Soul at this point, Disney and Pixar's movie, um, which is an incredible movie that shows what they call the great before and the great beyond. The great beyond being like the merging back with source, the great before being like choosing the conditions that you'll incarnate in uh as a human before going through the portal like they did such a brilliant job so i always point to that but the other uh thing to that really was my training grounds on soul contracts was a book called uh sacred contracts by carolyn mace her last name's pronounced mace but it looks like miss it's m-y-s-s And it's an amazing book on Audible. I highly recommend it. But basically, all this to say, we come in as humans with certain conditions, right? Like think astrology, numerology, even human design. None of that stuff is by accident. It's not like, oh, I am this way because I came in under these conditions. It's like, no. I chose to come in at this time at this location with these peoples to work through said karma. So soul contracts is very much in alignment with all that in terms of like just theoretically how it works because you basically sit, this is what they say at least, right? Take care, leave it. But they say that you meet with like your guides and you meet with your spirit team and all that type of stuff in other souls. And you choose what you want to work through in this incarnation. So it's almost like, you know, you and I could have been on the other side, right? And been like, oh, yeah, we're going to connect and we're going to be in each other's journey and where it's going to start through like this podcast and then it's going to go XYZ from there. And we don't know where this is going in terms of your and I relationship right now. Like we're just meeting. Right. Um, but that's basically a soul contract and soul contracts go so much deeper in that looking backwards in your life. You could look at your family. That's an easy place to start. Um, one of the things that I've been told by various channelers is that I chose to incarnate as the younger sibling, I only have one brother, no sisters. So I'm the younger sibling and to be, you know, the son to my parents because in other lives I've always been more of a leader and I needed to learn patience being the youngest, right? So there's certain things like that. There's a concept called twin flames, which is very, it trends a lot. And I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of people misunderstand what a twin flame is because you'll see on social media or different content people wanting to like find their twin flame and it's not something to really romanticize if you know a little bit more about it um I'm very grateful to have met my twin flame and that put me on this path right but what a twin flame contract is, and it's not always romantic. It could be a friendship, it could be family, but it's very passionate. And it's very like, you know, so much love, but then it's, everything has its, its balances, right? So the, uh, the other side of that coin is very toxic and very destructive but ultimately the idea is you come into each other's lives to course correct each other to get you on a path of your highest uh, alignment of why you're supposed to be here and that's what i experienced through that breakup so there's so much to go into in terms of soul contracts but the basic idea is basically before you incarnate you choose the souls that you're going in your soul pod that you're going to come in with and what types of uh, situations you're going to work through with them.
1: Mm, that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. And that just brings me to some questions that our audience could have. So if do you think that every single soul that we encounter, every single human that we encounter and we connect with was a contract before coming to this life? Or is it like, okay, now we're living this reality. Now our soul came to to uh, earth and it is here and now we are human and we have a body and mind and the mind makes decisions uh, sometimes as well so do you feel like every single person that we encounter is a soul contract or do you feel like when we're in the game right in this physical body right now something can shift and we might not meet the specific person or we might just choose a different path where we are not going to meet this person or this soul in this life maybe the next life how do you how do you see it
0: Yeah, that's such a great question. So, so, something so fascinating that I've sat with many, many times. And what comes up for me is the concept of NPCs, non playable characters. And there's a new movie, movies are so great sometimes to really illustrate spiritual themes. But uh, this new movie is called Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds. And basically, he is an NPC, a non playable character in a video game. And he wakes up to being an npc in the video game so the idea here and i'm not an expert by on this uh by any means and i haven't done a true true deep dive yet but it is something that fascinates me is i i'm not sure how many people there are in the world now is it seven eight billions you know like you lose track of that number right like so some massive amount of billions of people well the basic concept here is like. A lot of them, I'm not sure what they say the the percentage is, but it's a high percentage of the people on earth are NPCs, meaning that you're never going to come into contact with them. Or it could be that if you do, they aren't really quote unquote real. And that's a hard concept to understand. It's, very, it's a very hard concept to understand. Now to answer your question more directly with sole contracts, I think it's important to look at your close relationships and really utilize sole contracts that way. It's not as important in my experience to be like, oh, I went to the grocery store and here was the cashier and, you know, I. Maybe it's it's good there because you might have said something that just brighten up their day, right? But like, where you, the true healing comes in is with those relationships, the ones you go deep with. And having said all that, last year, my car got totaled by a tractor, of all things. I was uh, driving the country roads, and I saw a man on a tractor. And he was just at the dirt road, he saw me, I remember making eye contact. And then as I'm passing through, he starts to inch out. So I slam on my brakes and he just crashed into the side of my car. And it was like an out of body experience. I remember saying, what's the lesson? before I got mad or anything else, it felt like an out-of-body experience. And I went right back there to how he looked at me in the eyes, even though I was like, you know, I don't know, hundred feet away or something before it happened. Um, so he knew I was coming, but I was like, no, that felt like a soul contract. And the reason why I bring this up is because I never talked to him again. He, um, to be completely honest, like he I don't know the PC way to say this, but he was, um, a worker, probably undocumented citizen in the U S and his boss came out and we had to go through her insurance and all that. And I felt really bad because at this point I'm thinking, Oh, he might get deported. Right. Or he might lose his job, whatever. uh, I don't know his situation. I'm totally projecting, but I'm thinking all this and now I feel bad, even though I, I, Ultimately, I wasn't at fault. Having said all that, th- this is where my mind went in that moment, even. I was like, this is a sole contract, though. Like the whole thing felt like an out of body experience. So I have no idea. It's almost a year later, whatever happened to him, I wouldn't know, you know. Um, but I have to believe whatever happened happened for a reason. And it wasn't just that my car needed to get totaled as a message for me to slow down and uh, all the other messages that came with that. But it was also on that side too. Now, having said all that, I always question my thoughts and I think it's important to stay curious and not really believe in uh, thinking absolutes. The other side of the coin is, Maybe I'm completely wrong about that whole situation. And maybe he was just an NPC, a non-playable character, so that this all would happen for me and it had nothing to do with him. It could be either way. But it's just interesting to sit with these thoughts and see what comes up.
1: Mm. Yeah, this is really interesting. And for me as well, just because I've just experienced... uh this kind of relationship with two people, a couple, and I literally met them like maybe a little bit over a week ago, but we instantly connected so much. And I even run a medicine ceremony uh, for them as well. And we connected on this deep soul level. And I really feel like there was a contract. And even if I never see them again, although I feel like I will, I feel like there was this contract before that okay i'm gonna come into their life and change their life and this is what they said that i changed their life within a week right just because i brought the medicine i did the heart opening ceremony i was uh, you know super loving making them super safe and just showing what i know about the whole spiritual world and we just instantly connected and i feel like this was somehow planned even though we might not even see each other again, I still feel like that was really deep and like straight away a deep soul connection. And also it just makes me feel curious because my ex-partner, Ricky, such a sweetheart, um, he was a writer and he was channeling the writing. And how we broke up is that he was channeling the divine energy, telling him, hey, I'm calling you to write. And if you want to answer my calling, you and Carolina need to break up because we're just going to be in different like, worlds. You're not, your needs are not going to be met if you stay together and so on. But it said, like you have a choice. You can stay together, um, but I'm calling you in the other direction. And so that makes me think like, okay, I have a feeling now that... I'm supposed to meet someone else and that someone else is even more aligned with me as a partner, right, than Ricky was. Although Ricky was a beautiful partner and I could spend my whole life with him because he's an amazing person, an amazing, beautiful soul. But I also have a feeling like I have another contract with someone else to be with them. And so that kind of brings this question to me because from the channeling that Ricky received was the message was like, you can choose, right? You are now in this human experience and you can pick whatever reality you want. You can choose to go with the answer, the calling, or you can continue your relationships um, your that relationship with me specifically. But I felt like when he read this to me, while well, he channeled, I felt like there is no way we are staying together. Uh, if something like that is coming up. So on one hand, I feel like our souls have already previously decided that we are going to break up at this point, but also we had this free will to, stay together if we wanted to so that's why i i question this kind of thing like do i have a contract with this next person right are we supposed to meet or if i chose to stay with ricky were we then not supposed to meet do you know what i mean like my uh, mm. kind of question like what do you what do you think about that
0: yeah i love that you brought it up and even before you said free will I, I was starting to think about free will and you know i question a lot if we actually have free will Right Are we is is this all just being played out for the experience it's already predetermined and or, like you said, maybe there is free will and we're supposed, I don't like that word, but the idea of when we incarnate is to go through these conditions, but having gone through the veil of forgetting, and that's the whole point of the game here, the human experience, we have the free will to not go that way. And then it brings up karma and it brings up coming back to Earth. And then what comes up for me is star seeds and ETs and things like that. So there's so many different things, but um, yeah, a lot comes up for me, and I think it's really fascinating to have these discussions, whether it be in your own mind by yourself, which is the form of reflection. Or with others, it, I, I do see a lot of value to really having these questions because uh, you know there's a lot of people in my life that don't understand it and are just like, why can't you just be happy? Why can't you just like enjoy it and not worry about it? And I'm like, well, it's not so much that I worry about it; it's more that I find it fascinating. You know? Yeah, it's hobby.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know the answer to this question, because if we were to stay together, like, maybe I wouldn't meet my next partner, but a part of me feels like we wouldn't, like, you know, that we didn't actually have free will, because knowing what we know, and kind of experiencing what we experienced and feeling what we felt, it feels like it was predetermined that we were supposed to break up at this point and so yeah it's just an interesting thing because i think that as humans we like to believe that we have free will because we don't like the (laughs) you know the um kind of reality in which we cannot decide uh, anything because that might put some people kind of in a victim mentality as well. But Mm. I feel like I really like this concept from the book Conversations with God. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. It's like my favorite Mm -hmm. book ever. Um, And in the book, it was said that we are kind of like in a video game, like everything is pre-programmed, right? But where you are with your character in the video game is not. So you can decide within the video game where you go. Um, but it's already kind of like pre-programmed. So it brings this concept of having free will and not having free will at the same time. Because in a way, it's already there. So you can only choose from the potential that is already created. But within this potential, you can go this or other way. And how I see it is that some, or that's what I choose to believe for now, for my current level of consciousness and understanding that there are meaningful relationships in our life like these soul contracts that you said that maybe closest friends and family and people who are really really meaningful in our life that we have these soul contracts with that we would meet in any way um, we would meet them in this life because we have this path and we chose this before coming to the life, but also i feel like there is a lot of things that are happening based on actually experiencing the human body and actually living here and having a mind and maybe sometimes going with our program or what our higher self uh, tells us to do so it's kind of like a play and dance of both that you have some people that you are there with and it's kind of like chosen that you're going to experience some things with But also, you might go into some random paths in the game, uh, quote unquote, and you can encounter things and people and situations that you might not have planned before. And I think that's the beauty of it as well. Um, Because I feel like if everything was just... Uh, perfectly scheduled for the soul. Maybe the soul wouldn't have so much fun in here on Earth uh, as well. So (laughs) I don't know how it is, um, but this is just the perspective that I am currently choosing to have. And I might be completely wrong as well. um, But that's why we are chatting here to see what resonates and see what comes up from these uh, conversations. Right. To inspire people to have their own thoughts, uh, because no one really knows how it is. Right. It's impossible to know.
0: yeah I, especially I with our that. limited
1: <laughs> human mind I, I totally agree <laughs> yeah with that. so that's that's really interesting <laughs> and so I really have a question that i i I find fascinating and I really wanted to ask you specifically, what does awakening mean to you? Mm,
0: that is a great question so awakening i I don't believe that one can be in a permanent awakening state and having said that if one can be it would be extremely rare it would be to the sense that i think you know you could take the the seven degrees of kevin bacon you know that type of thing like oh you know i know you and then whoever you know that's the second connection then who, who they know is the third connection all the way to the seventh connection And I think it would be more something like that than like a friend of a friend that is, oh, this person's like in a constant awakening state, right? And it's so interesting. In December, I went to Costa Rica for my yoga teacher training, and I really spent a few days reflecting on awakening, enlightenment, and samadhi because they all are similar yet different. And... I don't, I can't remember in this moment where I really landed on that. It, it's really interesting, but it seems to me that enlightenment would be more that constant state of awakening, whereas a, an awakening is an awakening experience. And that seems a little bit more in alignment with samadhi. I think they're slightly different. But either way, there's a lot of conversation that, or just chatter and talks or verbiage of being like woke culture, like being woke or, you know, I'm, I'm awake or whatever. But, um, I think like you can get to a point where you're in an awakened state for, you know, a period of time. But in my experience of seeing others and reading books and watching lectures and things like this, and even Adyashanti, he's a great spiritual teacher. He talks about this as well. It seems that the ego always comes back, you know, and I, I think that enlightenment would be more of that, like permanent, 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 <laughs> I can't speak this morning, <laughs> permanent state of awakening. Um but yeah the the book that I wrote called "Soul Life Balance is all about integrating awakening experiences for this reason because it is so hard to come back to the three d and how do we integrate it and Obviously, I'm someone who is who works with medicine, plant medicine, earth medicines, and all the types of things, but that's only ten percent of the work if if you're not integrating it properly, you're missing the whole but bo- the whole point of it. The ninety percent is in the integration. So yeah, it's a it's a big topic. Um, where do you wanna take it from there? <laughs>
1: Oh, I would love to talk a little bit more about the book, because I was about to ask you uh, like, what it is about and what maybe are a few things that are in the book that you could briefly uh, talk about, because I would love to uh, get a copy and for sure, but I would love to know what can I expect?
0: Absolutely. Thank you. So the book is called Soul Life Balance. One of the first big things after my first ayahuasca ceremony, well, actually, a week later, I did my first psilocybin ceremony for healing, I had, you know, done mushrooms, plenty of times in my life recreationally, but at the time, I didn't even know that you could use them like for healing ceremonially. So that was like a whole new concept to me. And it was really that psilocybin ceremony integrating the ayahuasca that really took everything to the next level. And it brought me back to my childhood of kind of seeing everything for what it was. So much so that in junior high or high school, I had an email sickening society 22, because that was my basketball number at hotmail.com. And I, I remember back then, like it broke my mom's heart. Just I was into metal and all kinds of stuff. But I saw everything for how it was. And in this ceremony, I didn't relive certain experiences. It was more, I visited the conditioning and programming of society. And I had just realized like how far I've strayed and how much I was just chasing goals and success for what, you know, none of it. I'd always, I'd, I wrote three books in a year. Um, I was named to Silicon Valley's Forty Under Forty. I, I achieved so many different things, yet after every time I achieved something, I felt more empty. Well, it's only now, after doing the work for these past few years, that I really realized the cycle of uh, addiction. You know, in terms of work, but not just that—the the chasing of the dopamine hit, and even more that these things I was accomplishing were the things I thought I should be doing rather than what I really want to birth. So through all of this in that ceremony, the concept of soul life balance rather than work life balance came through. So this has been three years in in the making this book really. And the whole core of it is first starting with unprogramming, you know, and we could look at the concept of work-life balance that is straight up propaganda, right? Cause if we think about it, we work five days a week and have two days off, at least, you know, mostly uh, generally speaking in the West, um, that type of thing. And we glorify being a weekend warrior. It's like, why are we so excited about our weekend adventure? Like th- all this type of stuff. And we talk about our vacation, saving for, uh, saving up our PTO paid time off. Um, what else is there saving for retirement? All this type of stuff. It never made sense to me when I was young and it started to come back. And it was just like, wow, work-life balance. You know, like we sit here and we're like, oh, I want good work-life balance. But it's like, no, that's to keep you asleep and a slave to the system. The truth is you want soul life balance, right? Suicide rates are the highest it's ever been. And mental health isn't a consideration. You could just look at how the government's um, reacted to COVID and like, you know, giving people burgers and fries to take a vaccine or, you know, none of the talk was about how to actually get healthy, right? There's so much here. So the idea with soul life balance is it's a reframe of work life balance, where work is viewed as a component of life because in truth, we don't live a, spirit, uh, a work life and a personal life. It's just one life we're living, yet we say things like, oh, in my personal life or in my work life. No, it's not true. We need to get that language out of our vocabulary and realize work is a component of life. And first and foremost, make connection with our soul. You know, I think um, most people listening probably, and I know you're familiar with this, but like we've become so disconnected from nature and our higher self and spirituality and like the meaning of life and just lost in consumerism materialism and you know doing and achieving so that's the whole idea of soul life balance it really is an integration way of being so in the book there there's four sections the first section is all about unprogramming as a little bit of my story just to set this stage so um, you know I can share where I'm coming from essentially but then from there it gets into the programming the conditioning what to do about it things like that and then the second section is spirituality 101 because I know for myself, and I've seen this for other people too, there's many people that were like, maybe not as green or new to spirituality to me as me, I should say, but they were super new and it is just, it's beautiful that in spirituality, there's no like guide or roadmap or whatever, but at the same time, it's disorienting that you are just like, you don't know which rabbit hole to go down. You don't know the terms, all that type of stuff. So the second section is like spirituality 101. Basically, I even have somewhere around a hundred terms defined that are like Spoken a lot in the conscious, mindful, spirituality circles. That most of these terms, like I was like, "What are people saying?" I didn't understand. I'm like you know, this is a book that would have helped me. And then I speak on things like soul contracts and all kinds of different uh, stuff. And I was originally going to keep the book a little bit more geared towards workaholics that were hearing kind of like a whisper, like there's something more. And then through the writing process, I went deep, you know, I started talking about extraterrestrials and how time doesn't exist, different timelines, um, all kinds of stuff, inner child healing, which is shifting timelines, so so many things like that. So I ended up being a really deep book, which I didn't initially, initially see it that way. And then the, um, third and fourth the third uh section's basically about soul life balance like things you can do and then um the fourth is like activating a new blueprint for an outer world and it gets into like how the outer world is a reflection of the inner world and things like that so there's so much there but really it's a it is a guide um to integrating an awakening experience for sure
1: This is beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. And one thing just uh, stuck with me because I do inner child work. I mean, I'm a a completion process certified practitioner, which means I use Teal Swan's method to bring people back to their childhood and go through the trauma. And you said that it's timeline shifting. So how is it? Like, how do you see that inner child work is timeline uh, shifting?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, hmm. It's kind of this whole idea of like when we say how we do the work, we're healing like seven generations back and seven forward and whatnot. And it's a very confusing topic to really grasp, especially when you're new to this. Um, It gets into multiple timelines as like it. I have my coffee right now. I just picked it up in a different timeline. You know, I wouldn't have picked it up or it could have been kombucha or water or whatever. And how there's an infinite um, amount of possibilities. And they talk about like 5D symptoms. Like when you're entering the 5D, like things start to break or things go missing, then they reappear. Like I've experienced all these things. I've experienced a, a spirit guide, perhaps my guardian angel, incarnate delivering a message just for me as it relates to inner child work and timelines i was doing an inner child meditation it brought me back to a place where i don't know how old i was but i was young and i we we had a dagger in my room that my grandpa got from israel um brought it back and i'm yeah i don't it was up Uh, it was just like a thing, you know, kind of like, uh, whatever, but I was really mad and I got it and I took it and I remember having it near my arm. And I also remember that being a really weird experience and I don't want to say blacking out, but kind of not remembering how that unfolded because nothing happened in this meditation. I visited with the inner child as my older self now. And just tears started to flow down because I felt I actually felt being there. And it was like it had I not done that meditation to visit with the inner child to kind of intervene there, would I still be here today? Or in another timeline, am I not here? Right. And that's what I experienced. And in the moment, it made so much sense. And this is kind of like my point in terms of awakening isn't like a solid state. Like now I sit here and I'm so, this is a couple of years ago. I sit here talking about it and try and bring it back up. And, you know, there's a part of me that the ego comes back in. That's like, no, that's not true. Like you're just making this up. Like that's my adversarial voice. But I know what I experienced then. Now it's just a story right? Because it's an experience that I had previously. And I've told this story. And the more you tell a story, it becomes a story. But I can hold that in my heart. And I can hold that within my ear knowing I experienced that. And as you mentioned it earlier, too, like the brain, like the mind, can't really make sense of this. You know, we can talk about these things. But the more it's, it's, it's kind of like a paradox because the more I share it, the more it's also like, yeah, but did that really happen? Right. So that's kind of mm-hmm. my own experience with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can relate to that because like really it is a shifting of your whole entire life if you can relive some childhood experiences and just change this filter on reality that you've had before and just like now live without it it shifts everything for you from now on so it definitely shifts the future potential realities of how you would you would behave because with the program with some kind of trauma directing you in a way in in one way or one reaction to specific conditions in life you would go this way but now you don't have this filter of reality so you can go another way and react in a different way and and so on so yeah i can really relate to that so coming back to soul life balance uh, i actually want to say that it's interesting that you say that there is no work-life balance and i get asked so many times when i travel and i travel travel all the time because i work online and people are like are you on vacation i'm like my life is vacation like what do you mean you know because i feel like there is no there is no just difference if i work or i don't work like i still love my work so if i work meanwhile you know traveling or being in places or just living a life it doesn't really seem like working much I mean of course I need to get some stuff done and sometimes I have schedules and sometimes I don't feel like waking up in the morning to do something that I need to do but it really doesn't feel like a job like I have to do things like people associate this word so strongly with maybe maybe just the collective consciousness is like oh i have to go to work and it's like this work is this term like oh my god you know this is like a prison that we have to do and okay but at least it pays the bills and it's gonna keep us safe or whatever but we are here to create a new earth with a new paradigm that working doesn't have to be hard we can work light and actually enjoy our job and enjoy everything you're doing and then we're not really As you said, we don't have to have a work-life balance. We can have a soul-life balance and just enjoy our work and treat it as life. (laughs) Treat it as just another part of our life, as anything else. Um, And then it can be really a beautiful experience. So in order to have a beautiful soul-life balance, uh, what is the number one tip you could give to all our listeners?
0: Mm -hmm. That's a good question one thing that's been really helpful with me is just bringing in more awareness and awareness and curiosity work hand in hand i led a men's circle last night and kind of what you're talking about came up a little bit um for example the idea of what i brought in was when we're going upstream right that means that the universe is guiding us to course correct us right how many of us continue to fight our way up current and you know obstacle after obstacle whereas if we can kind of surrender to it and get curious bring more awareness to why we're going in this path when we do course correct and go in a way that's in our highest alignment the universe rewards us and gives you more and more and more so it's kind of indirect but i'm answering this in a way that is in alignment with what you just brought up because this is the biggest issue right like what i can sit here and say like oh sorry my dog's going crazy
1: <laughs> that's fine i love dogs
0: I I can sit here and say like how nice it is uh, for soul life balance and to do all this, but at the same time, you know, we're practical, we need practicality. We can't spiritually bypass our way through and just be like, oh yeah, I'm just going to work on my inner world and I'm just going to get everything in order. And then all of a sudden the universe is just going to magically give me a bunch of cash. So I don't have to worry about working right. Like that would be totally spiritually bypassing. So I think it's really important to call in both and the harder part of this is how am i actually going to make money right because that's not easy for a lot of people right you know like that's just the fact of the matter for me i've been beating banging the drum of virtual assistants and it's something i am honestly kind of tired of talking about but it's just a great thing for entrepreneurs and for employees right because Even though Gary Vee wants everyone in the world to be an entrepreneur, not everyone is cut out to be an entrepreneur. So the beautiful thing about the freelancing industry is it gives an opportunity for people that didn't have an opportunity to live their life and not spend it working for someone else and desk to essentially become an entrepreneur. They get to choose when they work, who they work and the type who they work with, I should say, and the type of work they do. So a lot of it's very entrepreneurial. So these days, like, I know that this is very much generalizing and there's different uh, things that might come up whether there's a reason why as an entrepreneur, you can't remove yourself from the business. Most likely it's because you're starting out. But once you put a few years in, that's the whole point of a business to build a well-oiled machine that runs itself without you in it. You know, you just want to work on your business not in it. So from, from the entrepreneur side, I feel like not that it's easy, but like that's a whole point of being a business owner right so hire a good business coach and figure it out you know so just some tough love there and then um from the employee side someone who's not able to leave corporate nowadays like you probably have some sort of skill that you could leverage in the gig economy i'll just call it the wider gig economy um the specific person i'm thinking about not to like tell someone else's story, especially betray confidence or anything like that. But a musician who has spent their whole life being in a band and the band starting to break up and all their money went into the band. This is something I've been wrestling with of how I can support this man, right? Like that's very real. And there's nothing that really comes to my mind that's practical. So that's why I think it's very important to, how soul life balance, right? Soul represents the yin, it represents the feminine, the intuition, all this type of stuff, spirituality, whereas life represents the yang and the masculine. And we see so often people get caught in one uh, dichotomy versus the other, but we really need both because we do need that practicality, but we don't want to be overly practical and stuck in our masculine and structure and do so. You got to lean to your soul. So I talk about about that in the book in the last section too like uh, some exercises for people to identify if they might be in one area more than the other and some things you can do to work on the balance you know
1: amazing wow that sounds really good i'm certainly gonna get the copy of this book now that you've talked about it a little more it makes me even more curious so for all these people who would like to connect with you and uh, check you out how how could they connect what is the best way to contact you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I have a free guide that has over 50 spiritual terms. I mentioned that in the book, there's like a hundred, but this free guide has like 50. Um, so if you guys want to check that out, I can give you the link to put in the show notes, but soulseekers.com slash terms, the book, you can find everything out of the book about the book and the link to purchase and check it out. And it's cheap too at soul life balance book dot com and then my personal website is samcabert.com and that's my instagram handle as well Sam Cabert so feel free to send me a dm there or an email and um yeah i just appreciate the opportunity
1: Amazing. Thank you so, so much for sharing all that and for exploring the, you know, uh, questions that are hanging in here for all the soul seekers <laughs> of, you know, soul contracts yeah, exactly. and how the universe works and awakening. I feel like these are always uh, the topics that are alive because you never actually really know and i'm really grateful that you came and we could discuss that because that just awakens my curiosity even more so thank you so much for that and it's been really a pleasure to have you on my podcast
0: thank you so much i really appreciate the opportunity and saying you all so much love
1: and back to you a lot of love <laughs> Thank you so much for exploring the mysteries of the universe today with me and Sam. It was an amazing conversation and I hope that you liked it too. If you would like to find me and dive deep into your childhood traumas or resolve some emotional issues or work on your mindset with beliefs, please find me on Instagram. I am The Connection Catalyst. I help spiritual entrepreneurs experience deeper connection with themselves, with others and with the universe. So yeah, thanks again for... Uh, being here and stay tuned to the next episode.